0: Welcome back to another episode of Civil Procedure. This is Civil Procedure 2, and we're moving on into actually discussing how trials work. So last semester, we talked a lot about the rules that lawyers need to follow or else the case could potentially be dismissed, and now we're actually going to be applying a lot of these rules into some practical applications, so to speak. So to do so, we're actually going to go over the life of the case. That's going to be our focus throughout this semester. So let's just give an overview of what the life of the case is. And then tomorrow we're going to be getting into pleadings, which is the first stage of the life of the case. So the fourth, there are four stages of the life of the case. You have pleadings, you have discovery, you've got trial, and you've got appeal. For the purpose of this episode, we're just really going to combine trial and appeal together. Uh, there are a lot more details of these things that I'm going to go over, but ultimately those are the four stages. And if you think about each of these stages separately, there's a little division between them. Each stage must be completed before the next stage can begin. In the courts, to minimize the use of uh, costs and time and expenses to cases that don't really have meaning, they've established a lot of rules that plaintiffs have to pass in order to actually have a case heard in trial. So there's a lot of rules that plaintiffs have to meet at pleadings. There's a lot of rules that plaintiffs have to meet at discovery. And all those things happen before trial. And cases can be dismissed way before trial even happens. So what are some of these rules? Well, let's go ahead and hop into pleadings. So the rules for pleadings are comprised in Rule 8 of the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure. Ultimately, what we learn is that there are two kinds of pleadings. We've talked about these pleadings in the past. There's the answer. Sorry, let's start with the complaint. There's the complaint, which is done by the plaintiff. And then you have the answer, which is done by the defendant. And Rule 8a, sections 1, 2, 3, list out the requirements of what needs to be included in the complaint to actually make a proper pleading. So first, you need to have a statement expounding on the jurisdiction uh, saying the court has authority for this reason. It needs to properly, simply state a claim, and then it needs to pray for a remedy, uh, something that the court can do to fix the issue that had occurred. The answer has three potential responses to a complaint. First, they can admit the claim. Second, they can deny the claims. And third, they can uh, say that they don't know whether or not the claim is true. And if that's the case, it's in essence just a denial of the claim. There are some rules that need to be followed as well after the complaint is filed. So the complaint is filed, and then the plaintiff has 90 days to service the uh, the defendant. This is according to Rule 4M. And then the defendant, after being served, has 21 days in the federal rules. It's typically 20 in the state rules. And they have 21 days to respond with their answer. This can be a little bit different, though. If, for example, a plaintiff um, waives... Sorry, if the defendant waives the service thing, saying... The plaintiff calls the mob, saying... Um, do you want me to serve you? If not, what we can do is I won't serve you. Save us the trouble of that, and then you'll have 60 days instead of the 21 days to uh, file the answer. That doesn't happen very often, but it is something that could happen. So we talked about a little bit about pleadings, and now there's the wall that the defend- the plaintiff must overcome, and this wall in the pleading stage. Is twelve B six. Last semester we talked about twelve B one through five, and twelve B six is the motion to dismiss. Just like one uh, one through five, for failure to state a claim upon which relief can be granted. So this is really targeting the second part of the complaint, making sure you state a claim. So this can occur if the plaintiff. Uh, does not have the authority to state a claim, meaning a fan can't sue a referee, uh, but the league can sue a referee, Uh, if the plaintiff has not met or really has not inferred that they met the requirements for a cause of action, or if the plaintiff accidentally by saying too much uh, states the defendant's innocence. After you make it past the pleading stage, you get into the discovery stage, and this is really where you start to gather facts. So you can't gather facts in the pleading stage, but once you're in discovery, you can look at documents that the other side has. You can subpoena. Uh, You can uh, gather witnesses, do depositions. Ask lots of questions to figure out as much as possible so you can begin to form your arguments. And discovery is when you form your arguments. So while pleading only takes a few weeks at most, discovery can take up to several months and even years to complete. But there is a wall that the plaintiff has to hop over on this one as well, and that is Rule 56. And this is summary judgment. What this just means is if the plaintiff has gathered all this evidence, all this information, but the evidence is insufficient to convince a reasonable jury at all, well then the claim can be dismissed before it even reaches trial. If it isn't dismissed at trial, it goes to trial and we hear all the witnesses and all that kind of stuff, but even then the plaintiff has another wall to overcome. And this is called a judgment as a matter of law, or a Jmol as the abbreviation. It works the exact same way as the summary judgment at the end of discovery. But what it just means is some of the evidence actually ended up changing in between discovery and trial. And so while things at discovery look good, because things changed after discovery then a J-Mall could end up happening. Ultimately, what this means, an example of this happening is if a witness wasn't being truthful during discovery, but then they get to court and they're perhaps a little scared of lying to a judge, and they should be because of perjury, well, then they may tell the truth in the court, which ultimately leads to some evidence-altering information that could mean that the defendant is not guilty. And so that's really our overview of the lifeline of the case. We've got pleadings, we've got discovery, we've got trial, and we've got appeal. And we talked about the wall that the plaintiff has to climb over for each of those stages as they move on to the next stage.